Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Michael? Mm-hmm, yes. Who's your favourite firm of solicitors? Well, Levi Solicitors. And what do they do? Well, they do the conveyancing, they do the probate, they do the wills. In that order, any order that's, you like of those three. Ob- that's a given, but they also do loads of other stuff, business stuff, personal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Get in touch. What's your favourite one of all the non that we... I mean, I ask you this every week. I'm surprised you've not learned to answer Ooh, this question the yet. Profes- p- 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 that one. <laughs> the, the, p- 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 <laughs> the professional negligence. <laughs> Which is what you just had. A nice example of there That's the on, one. on this show. Um, remote appointments available for you. Check out the booking system online, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. It's Dan here with Michael and with Moscow as well in his beautiful Packard Bell blue Puma shirt. Um, it's a lovely shirt. And yeah. you're wearing that because we're doing a TSB guide that's going to come out on Wednesday to... No, I'm not. It's a complete coincidence. Is it? Yes. I know we're doing a, a TSB guide to Michael Bridges scoring a hat-trick against Southampton wearing this shirt. Yes. But I only found that out after I put it on this morning and came to the studio. Ah. What a magical... It's just an example of what a great, exciting planet we live on and how different things happen and they're all fun. I would have worn mine as well, but mine has QL19 on the back. So it has to just live in a cupboard. Mm-hmm. Will it not come off the back? I've been tempted because I do like the shirt. Well, would you still get the outline? And the... Potentially. It's like it, Harry Kewell leaves a stain, doesn't he? Mm. That's the thing with Harry. Yes. So this is Propaganda, the show where we uh, delve into what's been said in the world of football, particularly um, through a Leeds lens over the last seven days. It's not been great. Should we start on Chelsea just to remind ourselves that things um, can be awful no matter where you are in the football world? I mean, they've spent a billion pounds or something, haven't they? Surely they should be the happiest fans in the world knowing they've got a young, exciting manager, a new project underway. Seems not. No. Where's this from then? I'm not entirely sure. It was doing the rounds on Twitter. I recognise one of the guys from Chelsea Fan TV. He's not He's not the one speaking. It's worth saying he's just in the top corner of the video smirking as, as other people absolutely go mad. But it's one of these bizarre formats where they have like 10 people on screen who can all talk at once. Yeah, it's good, is that? It's a good format. Yeah. If, if, I, if I talk over you, like start talking. Yeah, it's great. If, 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 if everyone just goes yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did just end up shouting <laughs> yeah. and shouting and shouting and getting more upset with each other. And they lost to Southampton. They did. And this was the result. Absolute worst. You're a worst, bruv. You're a worst, bruv. Guys, 
Anyone want to talk I'll about Reese Dennis? Show you my face, bro. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you fucking prick. Don't fucking come like that at me, son, yeah? Don't you fucking Bring ever it, talk to me like Bring that, bro. It, Bring it. You fucking rat. Yeah, I'm a rat. You yeah. fucking rat, bro. Yeah, you're a fucking pig. You're a rat, bro. Like you love the academy. You fucking... That was some serious accusations there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where Chelsea fans are at at the moment. That was That was one part of it. So and uh, this is just where, just hang on a second. Where are they in the table? About tenth. Let me just check. I think I'm pretty sure the tenth. I'm just going to I'm just going to refresh my table. Bear with me. I'll tell you. Chelsea are tenth. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you for confirming. You, you're welcome, Michael. I do have a theory that Chelsea are going down. Okay. Like whenever I'm trying to make myself feel better about how Leeds United are doing, I look at Chelsea's recent form. You're on th- that, thirty-one points, Moscow. Yeah, but I think how many have they won since Christmas? Is it one or two? None, probably. Um, there's at least one win in there, so they're slightly better than us. But there's still. There is a scenario in which I imagine Chelsea just don't win again. Mm-hmm. Very much as Newcastle were not going to this time. Uh, and maybe year. as well, like because they've got Potter in, maybe there's some big punitive clause in his contract that means they can't get rid of him before the end of the season. So they're in now for the next 15 games, whatever, and they've got to stick with him. Yeah, uh, And it'll cost them a trillion pounds to pay him off. I remember he's a Leeds Met old boy as well, so he could be doing us a favour. Mm. He knows the Otley run. So there's a bit of a... Mm. that's my angle for getting him in like he could maybe come in at the end of the season because he he knows the Lawnswood roundabout and he could uh, still take them down explain what the Otley run is as well for anyone who doesn't is not familiar with Leeds it's Otley Road it's not it's not anything to be running or actually specifically Otley Otley Road runs from the outer edge of town into town it's lined with pubs all the way and the Otley run is to drink your way from the start where the university accommodation is all the way into town I don't know how many pubs it is now it used to be about 18 or something I think it may have declined slightly a bit like a golf years. a golf course yeah 18 it's holes. tough going people student do it in fancy dress yeah as a grown up I probably wouldn't bother when was the last time you wore fancy dress and did you enjoy it Um, I used to have to do it for ITV stuff there's always like away days and it'd be like dress up as something I can't remember what I dress up as a TV star that was one of them I did Susan dress Boyle up. I did Susan Boyle one no, year actually it was quite good dress up as a shame TV star not Susan Boyle I not say. Susan Boyle no, no. no she was great Moscow fancy dress are you a fan yeah it's fun good is that what you're in now? <laughs> Cosplaying as Michael Bridges? Yes, I have. Cosplaying as Michael Bridges. My, uh, Danny Mills felt like it was going to be a bit too difficult. Yeah, fully in favour. Good. Right, should we uh, get the Leeds Misery Mega Mix out of the way right now then? Might as well. I mean, there are a couple of Mega Mixes actually. There's, oh, there's an A side and a B side. There's an A and a B, yeah, yeah. So the board do get a mention on this. This is mainly to do with kind of the game and the state of the team and the players so we're playing, are we playing side A here or side B just so I know which side of the record's put on let's say A this okay. is, and then the then side B is more board focused I mean this is actually radio edit length this is 2 minutes and 46 seconds so settle in put on your favourite pair of headphones and enjoy oh fucking hell that was just shocking absolutely shocking wishing to get manager in this week like before the Southampton game whether it's Benitez whether it's Nuno whether it's fucking Dave Hockaday just someone who can get us organised, get us playing football that might look like we might get results somewhere, we need to pick up points, we need wins now. Um, I can't go back to the Championship. I cannot fucking go back there. I'm just going to pack it all in and go watch fucking curling or something. Deitch wanted it to be physical and scrappy and shit, and we made it physical and scrappy and shit. And I'm not blaming Scoobs. I'm blaming the idiots above Scoobs who've put our fate in the hands of a futsal coach. Horrible performance. I honestly don't know where we, we're going to go with this. It just seems that, you know, it's not just the coaches that are the problem, it's the players. They don't seem to have anything about them anymore and they just look like they've given in. I thought you couldn't score if you weren't in the middle of the pitch. 
that was what Jesse Marsh said, right? So can Seamus Coleman's goal count? Because, you know, he wasn't in the center of the field. So it's against the rules, I think. That's relegation material, that is. That was diabolical. Nothing up front could not string passes together. No ball control, no flair. The goal, God's sake, we we look like fodder. If anyone thinks we're not going to be relegated, I think you're delusional. Next week, I'll back us in. We'll get a draw at home to Southampton. Won't be good enough. Everyone's winning around us. That was utterly deplorable. Well done, board. Played the long game with this uh, pointing marsh in the first place. Now we are just bottom three rabble. Feels harsh to pick out anyone after that horrendous performance. But Patrick Bamford, uh, seems like a nice guy, but I don't care if his pressing stats are good. He inspires zero confidence with the ball at his feet. We've broken our transfer record for a router. I have no idea if he's any good, but we just have to throw him in and see how he gets on. We are in big trouble. Well, that's that's it. I mean... If that's how we're going to play every week, let's just get ready for the championship and start selling people. That was just feckin' terrible. Uh, the worst game I've ever seen Jackie play. Today he couldn't deliver a pizza, let alone a cross. Absolutely fucking terrible. Oh, I'm sad now. There you go then. So, I'm no, sad now. No flair, no ball control. Coaches, players and board all at fault. But apart from that... Apart from that. Apart from that. Apart from that. The playing style thing's interesting it was someone with no name actually sent in some text feedback saying over the past four years we've played football defined by two extreme styles and now we're left with an unbalanced team and it does feel like that we had a, a plan for attack and then we completely changed it and now we need to change it back or at least put it somewhere in the middle mm. and we, we haven't done it for a year so they're like oh shit what now curling one of the um, one of the clips there suggested curling might be an option I'm a fan of curling good the brushes on the ice mm-hmm should we start a team? I mean, there is the ice arena next door, isn't there? Next next to Ellen Road. We could just bulldoze Ellen Road, turn it all into parking, make, make it complete park and ride, pop over to the ice arena, watch the curling. Okay. I don't think it's got the longevity. I think once every four years or whatever in the Winter Olympics is fine, but I don't want to do that every week. Did you have a nice weekend watching it then, Moscow? Not particularly, no. Did you make it to Goodison, by the way? Because there was rumours of you maybe getting there. I did go to Goodison and it was probably as bad as everybody... I can't bring back any reasons for positivity, apart from maybe, okay, yeah, maybe I can. Everton are also awful. And I think we were one Seamus Coleman moment of inspiration and one Ilan Melier moment of dumbness away from a nil-nil draw, which was probably uh, what it should have been. And I don't know how different the atmosphere would have been if we got a point instead of none, but it wasn't like Everton are great the one, I suppose the one reason for positivity I had out of it is that if it comes down to like a shootout between us and Everton, Everton are also terrible. The problem is they're still good enough to beat us. So that's bad. <laughs> that's the best I can do, really. Oh, no, that works for me. Well, we are talking on, on Tuesday morning. It's 20 past 11 at the moment we speak. Gracia has not been announced yet as the coach of Legion United. Going to be, though. Dave no. Hockaday missed out by... No, I mean, he was one of the names touted there, wasn't he? Yeah. In that clip? Would you have him back? Nope. No. No. No, no, just no, a clip. Just, just a clip. I just wanted to get the consensus of the room there okay. on the on that one. Um, blue room, then did they call it right? Pretty much, I think it more or less echoed what we said. I said just before, dog of a game, but it felt like it was one Everton. We're always more likely to win in the end. 
I think so, and, and that's a sweet relief for us given this season, the fact we haven't been able to rely on any game whatsoever. I, I've tried to boil it down because there's so much relief, so much emotion at the moment. I've tried to boil it down to simple terms, and the simple terms are we restricted leads to zero shots on target, to barely any threat whatsoever. We managed the game and we won it. So we can talk and talk and talk about the overall quality, but we won the game, we deserve to win the game. It feels fantastic and I just hope there's more very soon. I thought, um, I actually thought Everton were quite poor today, to be honest. Um, there were two, two shockingly bad teams, but we were less shockingly bad than they were. Imagine what that feels like, winning. Mm. Well, I watched the under-21s last night and that was a great win. Was it? Did you enjoy that? Did you feel pumped by the victory? I mean, it was fine. It is the, I think it's the first win by any Leeds United team in 2023. Men's team. Sorry, I think the under-21s and the under-18s have all continually lost <laughs> since the turn of the year. So, what, the FA Cup? It was a win. They'd, well, so actually, there's been loads of wins, haven't there? A win, a win at the level <laughs> you play at. Right. Not just handing out spankings to... Uh, to teams that are struggling. Well done, he's 13. In the low, yeah, exactly. I mean, we did draw with Cardiff first to make them look good. Mm. The um, the Everton fans there need to be sort of a little bit careful as well about, I mean, I understand them enjoying the win, but also they had a big protest through the streets with banners and flags calling for their ball to be sacked before the game. And then all you do is Seamus Coleman puts in a, a ball behind the goalkeeper and suddenly it's like they're, it's fireworks and celebration in the, on the streets of Liverpool. So it's kind of, they are very... Um... We're, we're all tarts, aren't we, as football fans? It's like on Saturday, if Leeds win, we'll come back in here and do the match ball and we'll be exactly the same. Yeah, and a lot of it came down to, I guess it's that moment of quality, they say, with they restricted us to no shots. We could have had some shots if Pat Bamford would use his left foot. His, um, right, his foot. right foot, sorry. Yeah. And, or use his left foot when the, the ball was cut across and he, he waved his left foot at it and, and missed it, which is, that's what he's going to do with his left foot. He may as well use his right foot he's not even going to hit the ball with his his proper one. So there were, there were little opportunities in there and I think us going forward was pretty bad because we couldn't make anything happen in their box and that's reflected in the no shots on target thing. But they were pretty bad going forward as well because all their through balls were just kind of going out of play and all their crosses were going out for throw-ins on the other side and stuff. So they didn't really have... It, did, it just didn't feel like there was much in it. We almost were having our best bit before they scored which is kind of typical. There was a an element of like maybe we are gonna fluke something but they fluked it I felt from the early stages of the game when we started all right and Everton's fans were still pretty angry about their process it looked like two teams that needed to avoid conceding a stupid goal and the longer you could go without conceding a stupid goal the better chance you had of winning the game and then whatever it was on the hour we conceded a stupid goal first and then that was pretty much that wasn't it and trying to get back from there but I'm looking for any kind of good play. McKenney and Adams really disappointed me in midfield up against the three that Everton had in there because they were just too easily dispossessed and were, and McKenney in particular didn't seem to be strong enough. Adams ended up sort of charging around trying to fix things, but he didn't have, I think because McKenney is supposed to be doing the other half of that kind of defensive job, but he's not as good at it as Adams is. It was a bit like when we had, uh, we replaced Calvin last season with two in that area, it was like we somehow had two players who were not as good at doing what Calvin used to do on his own. And it felt like with McKenney next to Adams, it wasn't as good defensively as what Adams would have done on his own without McKenney in there, kind of doing a worse job of what he was doing next to him. And then once they win the ball and you're looking for something to go forward, they can't really do that. And certainly not when the player receiving the ball 
is Jackie Harrison having a psychological crisis. There was nothing coming out of that area. So it was pretty easy for Everton to look at Nyonto and go, right, every time he has the ball, we put three on him. And then Somerville kind of, uh, we never really tried it with him because everyone knows Nyonto's better. So just give give your best player the ball and hope. So it was fairly easy for Everton to stop us doing anything in that direction. But we don't have to play them again, so hopefully other teams are sort of less daichi. Jackie's um, stats in this game were remarkable because it was his 46% pass completion. He normally manages 69.6 is his average across the season. So it's a ridiculous drop-off. Like he, he doesn't normally do this. I know he frustrates a lot of people, but it was weird. Some of the stuff he did, you just went... It's amazing. The whole, the whole, who, house, who, the whole house of cards just like collapses, doesn't it, sometimes? You could see some of the players, I think it was after maybe his third or fourth free kick had just floated out of play. Um, Robin Cock made a point because obviously Robin Cock has run all the way forward to get on the end of a, but he'd try and head at the goal and it just goes miles over his head. But as he was running back, he made a point of running to Jackie and kind of putting an arm on him like, look, don't worry about it. Just keep mm. going. Um, we're not mad at you. And Ailing was shouting across it as well, like, come on, it's okay. And then he did the next one and it was the same thing again. And it was after that that he had that, tried to control a throw in and just booted it into the stand. And you could, I think by that point, the players who had been trying to sort of help him snap out of it was like, oh, he's gone, hasn't he? Like, I don't know what you could, I don't know what you could do about it apart from... It's over for today. Get yeah, through. get him off the pitch and then you can probably play him against Southampton and he'll be back to normal. But sometimes things just um, don't happen. Well, it's all very serious. Should we just laugh at a simple man? Uh, go on, we can do Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah? Is, it, is he a Chelsea fan? He is, yeah. Rory. You, I mean, on the sheet here, you've put Rory the dickhead and I've put in brackets Chelsea Simpleton. Um, it's yeah, quite he's a got a few nicknames. Yeah, I mean... Is he a wuss? Is he a prick? Is he a rat? He's, be careful, keep this on the right side of <laughs> yeah, legally I'll, defensible. I won't say the other thing, because I don't think he's that. No. Um, uh, it's worth adding that we were paid uh, money by TalkSport to talk up, uh, or do a read for um, for Rory's podcast on their network. we did a fine we? job, didn't we? Yeah, we, we earned quite a, a decent amount of money off that. Do you know how much it was? No? No. It's quite good. That's good. Good. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad someone can benefit from yeah, his, his yeah, output. It was in the three figures. So now we're, we, we are going to go in on him again. So if you want to pay us more money to take the piss out of you, Rory, go for it. Anyway, this is him. We have absolutely nothing. There is no identity. I don't think Graham Potter has a clue who his first 11 are. I don't think he knows anything like what his best team are. And there are so many excuses, always. And let's face it, the manager is to blame. The manager is to blame. The reason that Chelsea lost to Southampton is because of Graham Potter. That's a fact, by the way. That is a fact. James Will-Prowse is brilliant at taking free kicks, for sure. Azpilicueta, who I hope is okay, by the way, but Azpilicueta should be more careful. I mean, have I edited that to make it sound like he's saying Azpilicueta should be more careful not to get kicked in the face? Yes, I have. He did go on to explain that he was the one who gave away the free kick to, um, mm-hmm. to Southampton that led to the goal. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted it to sound like he was, he was blaming his own player for getting uh, volleyed in the head, which did look very painful, I have to say. I didn't see that. But, You'd have um, seen it. Oh, it was bad. No. Uh, it was one where the, the ball was kind of tantalizingly there for an overhead kick from, I think it was the guy we nearly said, was Mara. He went for a big, spectacular kick and he made good contact. <laughs> it was strong, got, wasn't it? Got to enjoy Rory's entirely uh, over the top earnest tone. It's a fact. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, a fact, by the way. It's interesting bringing it all down to Potter completely to blame when Graham Potter seems to be just being constantly given. Hundred million pound footballers he doesn't want or need, and it's just like told to make the best of it. It's quite a weird situation. It's funny thinking about that in kind of what happened at the weekend with us of having 
it's Kabbalah versus Deitch, which was the the grand experiment that I think last week we were quite interested in and thinking best idea that anybody's got is giving Skabala the next game or two or maybe to the end of the season if it turns out that the players know enough and are coached enough and have retained enough from the managers they've had over the last few years to just go out and perform. And then I guess we've got a, an answer to how that works. And it's weird, isn't it? What do we expect a manager to do? Because that's what I was asking last week, is if we've got Nuno in on Thursday, how much of a dramatic difference would he have made to what happened at Everton? Because it was still maybe been a Skabala job, but then somehow watching Deitch on the touchline, it's almost like his big head just radiates the plan somehow <laughs> and all he has like to Mega do Mind. yeah like I don't know what it is that like <laughs> anymore because it is an interesting because obviously we've been through it with Bielsa where everything was absolutely built by this one figure and we'd seen before it like what Christensen and Heckenbottom and Evans and Monk and everybody who came before had not been able to do so you'd obviously like the, the test there is sort of proves Bielsa's influence from then on but then bringing them to this point, you think, well, a lot of those same players, do they need it? Because they're not championship players. They're not uh, useless. They've got all that education. It should all be in the tank. So could you just say, here's Skubala and what he does is he sets up training and he tells you the weaknesses of the opposition and he sends you out to just go and put on a good performance and you know what to do because you are all Premier League footballers. And there is that thing like, who are the stars? Who's in control of the game? Who do you want to watch? Um, because so many of the managers when it's pitched on Sky and stuff and it's just like two really old blokes that's what you're going to be watching and actually no you're going to be watching 22 like fantastic athletes at the peak of their powers but we focus on the managers as like everything and as Rory's there saying Potter fact that's the only thing if you swap Potter for anybody else everything's fixed and then we try it with Skabala and like yeah maybe that is the thing I want you to imagine a record deck now if you could and is this an accurate description of this clip here it's more Chelsea um, stuff Chelsea fan TV They've put the record on the turntable, pressed play, it's on 33, and then some way through, someone goes, boop, and puts it onto 45. Is that right, Michael? Yeah, it gets a little bit, I think he starts off trying to be quite slow and considered, gets gets more and more... Animated? Animated as it goes on. To translate 33 to 45 into something that under 25s might understand. Oh, they're from, lo- from slow to fast. They love they love record players now, the kids. I suppose Brendan... They connect them up via USB and stuff, but they love them. Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams have got them, haven't they? We've seen those. Yeah, the vinyl resurgence. You've won one game in 2023, and the first thing you're thinking is that you need to rest players against bottom of the table, Southampton. What manager does that? What? What? Maybe if we were like, I don't know, in a title race, or you know, had to worry about Champions League, or had to worry about this, uh, and then maybe you can rest players. But when we are struggling in a season ourselves, you don't drop fucking players, key players like Reese James against fucking teams scrapping against relegation battle. They're bottom of the fucking table and you've rested players. Everything today is on that stupid, clueless twat Potter. Get him out of this club now. Anyone, anyone who wants to be Potter in still after this game needs their head checked. He is clueless. He has lost Chelsea's identity. Maybe Rory was right. I mean, lack of squad depth certainly is an issue that Chelsea have to deal with, isn't it? That if you're not playing your your first 11 all the time, there's really nobody in the reserves who you can possibly bring in of a, of a similar standard. I mean, Chelsea's identity as well, this is essentially being it. They just yeah. go spend more than everyone else on players. This is since 
when did Abramovich come in? 2003, something like that. 2003, wasn't it? Of course, because then Bates arrived at us, didn't he? So it's, since it's been then, the most like short-termist approach ever. They, they outspend everyone, and when it doesn't work, they change managers, and then the next manager does all right for a bit, and then they sack him. They're just in the bit where they're not doing very well, and they sack a manager, and then the next one does fine. Yeah, this is it's normal fine. Chelsea. It's absolutely they fine. Should be absolutely, they should be delighted with it. <laughs> and they've got like they've got all these players. They'll be fine next time. They'll yeah. probably if they might give Potter till the end of the season, at which point he'll probably start doing all right at some point. And if not, I don't know. They'll probably get. Mourinho back or something and he'll do alright for a year or they'll get Conte back and he'll do alright for a year and then that's what they do on it goes yeah. and because then the sheer weight of and all of it built on the stolen money of the Russian people exactly and now and now built on I'm not quite sure what an American man's um, idea that if you sign loads of players on 8 year contracts it'll be fine which hopefully it won't be Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right, we'll get some Warnock on in a minute because we have to. Anybody who's been following Twitter or anything like that across the last week or so has seen him. He's gone beyond parody, beyond anything you can do. Your work is basically done, Moscow. Yeah, you need to yeah, retire. I don't think I need to be here for that. You need to retire the voice, don't you? So we'll get, we'll get a bit more Chelsea. Some Chelsea going into um, Propaganda Extra, some Newcastle as well, and maybe some West Ham as well on the way in just a minute or two. Let's, get the, let's flip the record. We're talking, continuing on the vinyl thing. We're flipping the, the single over now, and we're doing the B-side of the, um, of the Misery Mega Mix, are we? Um, wh- why are we inflicting this on people then, Michael? People wanted to vent. <laughs> and, and frankly, the board deserves some stick, don't they? So it can come from some people other than us. I don't want to blame any individual players. I don't want to blame Skabala. The board have got so much to answer for. You go back to summer 2021, we've just finished ninth under Bielsa. Three years of, you know, apart from not going up the first season and the derby game and all that, nigh on unmitigated success. And I think we were a bit arrogant. The board have got so much to answer for and all the nonsense with Radrazani's tweets and Author at the um, at the Bournemouth game, and you know some of Kinnear's comments, and 
it's just time for the three of them to hold their hands up and and leave. It's 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 gone really wrong since then. One of the criticisms that was levelled at Marcelo Bielsa was that there was no plan B. It was just simply do plan A better. We get rid of Bielsa, bringing Jesse Marsh, who only ever had a plan A that was worse than the plan A that we had from the previous manager, and we sack Jesse Marsh, and the board don't even have a plan A to get a new manager. There's zero plan whatsoever. So it seems to me that the only failing for where we are at the minute is pointing directly straight at the top. Fucking useless. Who do you blame? You can blame the players. You can, can't really blame Scoops. It's got to come down to water. I've supported him and always backed him, but it's just one bad error after another. Grooming Marshall that time and then sacking him far too late and now can't get a new guy in. Absolute shit show. What's really difficult to stomach so far this season is the kind of realisation that everything that was going right about Leeds United for four years was actually just Bielsa. And I think the longer this goes on without him, the kind of clearer it becomes that, you know, Orta screaming at fans that he's the reason we're back in the Premier League after 16 years. To a degree, I get it, he brought Bielsa. But it was Bielsa. His shit signings didn't matter because Bielsa would just shrug and make Mateus click into prime Ronaldinho. Bielsa got us up, Bielsa kept us up, and without him we're fucked. And yes, I'm drinking my buck fast. <laughs> Good. Uh, they also signed Dan James between them, didn't they? But let's not get onto that. Yeah, I mean, Bielsa, he had his faults, didn't he? But um... He wasn't perfect, but he was the best thing that's happened to this club in a generation. This was the risk with sacking him when it happened was who in the football club had more football knowledge, ability. You said, this, you said this at the time, didn't you? Well, it was the thing that I was worried about. Like, they'd sack the person who was the best person to solve all the problems because nobody knew more about football than him at Leeds United. So the question at the time was, and still is, I guess, in retrospect, but um, was there a different solution? If things weren't working with Bielsa, what were the, the downsides of sticking with him? If he did take us down, we'd still be in the championship, but possibly still with Bielsa, who would be better to, to bring us back up than somebody who'd already done it. And then if he did, who would have been better to have a shot at keeping us up? Because if at the moment, when we're down and out without a manager and we're looking at people like Benitez and um, anybody with like some experience and somebody who can come in who has knowledge, Bielsa was basically that person when we sacked him and we replaced him with somebody very inexperienced at this level who managed to do it anyway but sort of suggested that there was a chance that we else would have done it and then the other thing was if people were if the players were burnt out and were kind of tired of it and that does happen with I think with any manager after three to four years you look at the team now and see how many new players we have and the, a different way of refreshing things is to bring in Adams, McKenney, Aronson, Rutter, Verber. Christensen, there's like there's half a new team is is there that is provide the freshness that was lacking in towards the end of Bielsa. So there's you go back and you think, well, the short term solution at the time because of the financial risk of relegation was you sack the manager and you get somebody else in to save the day. The longer term view that seems to have been lost amid the eighteen months to two years that Victor Orta spent talking to. Jesse Marsh about how he was going to make everything so much better than we had it, which I think was really the only reason you would bring him 
in was to evolve the team and make and take us to the next level from where we were. The alternative would be to try and keep the best thing that the club had, which was the manager, and rebuild in a way that makes that work again. Mm. Just because Bielsa had stopped working at that time, it seemed like he's the only he's the one person who wasn't allowed to fail at any point. So, you know, Victor Orta, you can talk about his good signings, his bad signings, and there's a big balance there, but he still has a job. Angus Kenny, you can talk about good decisions, bad decisions, still has a job. Andre Everton, good decisions, bad, bad decisions, still owns the club. Players, they have good games and bad games, uh, but they're still here. Bielsa had the three of the greatest years we've ever had. We had half a season that was terrible and gone. And mm. no prospect of, and it's not just Leeds, every football club does this. They don't try to think of, well, if that was good, what can we do to make it good again? How do we recreate those conditions again? Yes, without, and what's the best shot? And I suppose not every club does it because Liverpool have been through it twice with Klopp where everything starts falling to pieces and they do other things. They refresh staff and players around him to to make him survive again. And Scum used to do it exactly right when Alex Ferguson was there, where every few years he would have a new assistant who would give something fresh to the players. And, but he would stay there because he had all the knowledge that they needed and they could not get anybody better. And the position you're in, Leeds United in the middle of the Premier League, as we were, was the same as Leeds United in the, the Championship. Who on earth could you imagine as a better coach for Leeds United than Marcelo Bielsa when he came in, in the Championship? And then having seen how perfect it had become when you have murals of the fella around the the city, which had never been done for any manager at any time ever in Leeds United's history when they were in the job. And even after the job, I don't know how long it took for us to get anything up for Don Revy and Howard Wilkinson never had any any of this. Maybe that was the thing to, to keep hold of. And it certainly feels like that's what people have caught up to. And it's it was the thing that worried me back then was just like, we are not going to get somebody who knows as much about football. And the, your best chance of solving the problems is disappearing with the guy who may have caused the problems, but probably had a lot of solutions there as well. With Victor Alter, you have to accept this is a very tough job to try and move on because he's in charge essentially of the whole footballing culture at the club. He has to decide which way it goes after this and, and the direction after Bielsa, which they clearly thought was in some ways limiting or problematic because of maybe the way he was or the in, way that... Injury record or whatever. The way that, yeah, yeah, the injuries or the way the tactics seem to have reached a bit of a dead end. But the thing is, he went, he went all in on Marsh and Red Bull that is that is the model that we've gone for since then, and it has failed spectacularly. There's no there's no two ways about it that this has not worked. Like the, and whether or not what comes next is whether or not the players we've signed to play Jesse Marsh Red Bull football can do anything else. Because if they can't, we're in an awful lot of trouble because uh, there, there is because there is no way out of it. Football footballers are adaptable. I have I have you'd faith hope so, in them. but if, if the whole system is driven towards it. Because you can give you can give the board credit equally in the, in the same ways they gave Jesse Marsh everything they kept Bielsa happy for that many years which is not an easy job I realise he and, and his record at the club shows he doesn't tend to stick around because yeah. he falls out with people sometimes he walks out after days on a job doesn't he because he's, he decides certain things aren't to his liking and the board obviously managed to give him what he needed and what he asked for for long enough that that he was able to stay and do a good job but they did that for Marsh and you've got to say it looks like it was wasted mm. because what did you get from it in the end? I know I know you can say, well, things went wrong to Bielsa, but yeah, but at least there was a good bit. Let me offer you a counterpoint then. It's nearly exactly 10 years since we sacked this gentleman. Still in the game. One last challenge, Sharon. <laughs> Moscow, good luck with trying to do this one afterwards. It's a great challenge, really. I mean, it's uh, 
I always thought, you know, if I, if I was going to come back in at some stage, it would always be sort of the end of Feb. I always said I only want to work sort of 10 weeks a year, if I'm honest. So, uh, and, and it was always going to be a club that I love, you know, Cardiff or QPR or Huddersfield, are you with me? Um, and Sharon's always, she's always loved Huddersfield, Sharon. So it was, um, you know, she's actually said to me, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? You know, so um, here I am. But it's, uh, you know, I mean, I watched the last couple of games, um, the uh, Stoke game and the Wigan game, and I, and I think it's going li- to, it's going to, I'm going to ask a lot really to get in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I think the great fixtures, you know, I mean, you look at the fixtures and you must be a bloody idiot to, to want to come here to end the season. Uh, fortunately, that's what I am, really. So it's uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, you look at the games and, you know, I look at the, the, the top three teams all to play, you know, Burnley, Middlesbrough, my old team and Sheffield United. Um, you know, the great games, really. He's playing the hits there, isn't he, Moscow? It's relentless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the, it's that. You can see the punchlines coming a mile off, couldn't you? That's the thing. He really stumbled over that first one. It was all about getting in the playoffs. He obviously had that in his mind that he was going to use. And then he went, watch the last games. And I think it's going to be tough to... The problem is, he's had this time out of the game when he started his Twitter account. He did this little speaking tour. And he's become self-aware. So... It's like this is a new version of. Is this like Sky, Skynet in Terminator? He knows. Is he, he going to end the world? He now knows that these are all his catchphrases. I mm. think there was a point before he retired uh, where he was a bit oblivious to how people regarded him beyond like that. He didn't realize that he was sort of why people thought he was funny. But he's now had that media training. He's had the, the tweets where people are getting him to recreate things that he's done that have become memes. So now he knows all about that. So he knows... He's playing to it, yeah. Yeah, he knows the hits to, to roll out. And there's kind of... There's no... There is absolutely nothing you can do about a self-aware Neil Warnock <laughs> apart from just stay out of Huddersfield until he's gone. He, he did, he's done um, his little speaking tour as well, hasn't he? Mm. So And he's gone round his various clubs. So he'll know what gets all the laughs and he'll know yeah. like what people want to hear. And it's just... Yeah, it's such a weird situation. Especially like the, the Huddersfield team that seems to have like like with Oggy there and Jordan Rhodes and there's who else is in Danny the, Ward Danny Ward fantastic As it's like the team and Tom Lees of course has been waiting in sort of suspended animation since 2012 for him to come back it's not like he has to learn any new players or anything different it's like it's as if he's walked into a dressing room just and all his old lads are there so he's, well, his old lads at Huddersfield in fairness were like are all retired now I think Boothy still has a job there or he does He does. so yeah. it's, it's not a million miles away it's just it's a yeah so he is uh, recreating 2012 and of course they won of course you know I mean that was the thing about the weekend from Leeds point of view it wasn't just that we lost to Everton it's Southampton beat Chelsea Forest drew with Manchester City Huddersfield won the only good thing was West Ham losing that was about the only thing that went our way uh, wasn't it it was um so yeah, obviously the first game he's going to come back from a goal down and and win. <sighs> <laughs> right, we'll we'll wrap up the show. Um, we've got some clips to play before we go. Do you want to do the West Ham one, uh, or we definitely got to finish on the Chelsea we'll one? Chelsea. Let's, the West Ham one requires a bit of examination. So let's. Um, well, sorry. He's, he's used an expression here, and I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows what it means. I think we started the game well. I think we went toe-to-toe with them in the first half. I think we were maybe clinging on at times when they were driving forward and we didn't really seem to have an idea what to do. But um, 
yeah, listen, it's another, it's another notch on the bedpost for Moyes, but going the wrong way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong on this, am I? So, a notch on the bedpost. That's sleeping with people, yeah? Yeah, believe so. Wouldn't know. Is it a thing hey, now... been married for a number of years now, thanks. <laughs> Is it a thing now in the Premier League that if you lose... The other manager has to sleep with you? Does he mean he is he has to sand the notch off? <laughs> he's put some notches in and he's got to, yeah, put, he's got to take them fill, off again. Put filler in. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, it, it begs some interesting questions about the way things are working down there. Yeah. Have you got any any bad notches on the bed on the bedpost? Any reg- I mean I don't have a bedpost. It's a it's a particle board IKEA bed frame. Oh, I don't want to start chipping. If into I start that. chipping into that, it's down the whole thing. Yeah. Over. What did West Ham do again? Who did they play? Uh, they lost 2-0 to Tottenham Hotspur. Right, good. Should we hear from the um, the Chelsea fans just to finish up this show then? Um, because, you know, it's it's a nice way to circle back to the start. The the needle has gone back into the return groove of the vinyl to just continue this dreadful metaphor. Mm. I'm still thinking about um, regrettably sleeping with David Moyes and him, <laughs> him doing a sombre somber chisel of another one. Oh, God. As you, as, you, as you perform the walk of shame to go home in the morning. Uh, yeah. but yes Chelsea uh, they're, David um... Moyes bedpost of sad notches here's Chelsea then this is the end of the show if you want to come down fucking Stamford Bridge any fucking day and meet me outside the fucking Thai restaurant don't fucking give it the big one with your mate Stratus about me and fucking Tony you can find me any fucking time outside Stamford Bridge as you fucking know so if you fucking want to fucking have it don't fucking gob it off, because I'm fucking up. I'll give it you. I fucking heard the messages. All right, you fucking insulting people. Come down, and I'm fucking up for it. Bring you, you big up, Steve. Want, big up, Steve. All right, Where'd you stand up. Saw- Is that Steve? <laughs> I guess that was Steve. So there was a suggestion there that he hangs around the Thai restaurant near Stamford Bridge twenty four seven, waiting <laughs> to fight people. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Right. I enjoy the mixture of that you do get within this because I guess those people wouldn't have all necessarily been hanging around <laughs> out together at a game. But this very angry Cockney man, and then halfway through, I don't, I don't know where the, the final is from, but he just goes, "Big up, Steve." I just, <laughs> I just get the feeling in in everyday life he doesn't have a mate at the side of him going, "Yeah, big up, Steve." Good, you should hit him in the face, Steve. Um, I found a Szechuan restaurant. I'll keep looking. Bear with me. Carry on talking. Well, I'm not going down there. Christ, have you heard, Steve? Yeah, oh, he sounds. He sounds absolutely terrifying, doesn't he? You sounded a bit confused as well. Like, if you want to fight him, don't give it the big one. I think I found it. I thought t- it's people squ- giving squ- it the big one that would want to fight mm. him. Doesn't, I'm not sure what the criteria are for crossing the threshold. He wants to punch someone who's a bit more meek. <laughs> Moscow, I like your Cockney accent, so can you deliver the final line of the show just to tell people where to go? So the restaurant is called Thai Square, and it's at the junction of the Fulham Road and the Fulham Broadway. So can you just do that for me, please? You know, they foam... Foam... <laughs> Fan Road, Fan Fan Broadway, and that's where I'll be. Thai Square, Thai Square, and wherever I'll tear up, <laughs> and maybe some dinner. Yes, thank you. There we go. Some propaganda extra on the way with some bonus clips for members. Look out for that in your feed. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.